Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to the Beer Ladies Podcast. I am Tandy and I'll be playing host today along with my good friends Katie and Christina. <laughs> They're waving hello to those who are uh, listening along. Now, <laughs> t- today on the podcast, we are closing off Women's History Month with a topic that has received a lot of attention lately and for good reason, but it receives attention regularly and that is the branding And to close off on Women's History Month, we thought we'd have a conversation about branding and inclusivity. You've probably seen many an uproar on Twitter or Instagram when some brand releases a beer with sexist or misogynistic labels. Now, this happens fairly regularly, and we want to unpack what this means for women in the beer industry and women who love drinking beer. We also want to offer a few pointers on how to avoid getting your brand in hot water, basically how not to be an arsehole. So before we get into the meat of the episode, let me remind you to please hit that subscribe button, both on the podcast app as well as on YouTube. And when you're done with that, please share this podcast with a friend. Uh, Choose your favorite episode so far and tell someone. All this stuff really helps us grow. All right. So let's find out what everybody's drinking. Katie, what you got? Okay. So it's a school day tomorrow. So I'm going light. I have a St. Mel's Brewing Company Go. Oh, what style of beer is that now? This is just a lager. And there's a hop. Wonderful. And uh, from my research from this episode, I found that hops are the number one theme to appear on beer labels. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, that, like one bit, actually. <laughs> so there, I haven't tasted it. I've literally just poured it out. Uh, smells nice and lagery and... It's what you need Sunday afternoon when we're recording it. Is that yeah? It's really nice. Mm, brilliant. Excellent. Christina, what have you got, my friend? So actually, I have a, lot, a few beers left from the, the sort of um, Lazy Craft Beer Society crack beer community's crossover collab. And one of them is the Y Street Brewing Diversion Mixed Culture Lager which just sounds like so exciting. And this took 10 months, I guess, to make. Um, I mean, it's delicious, like all of their beers. I love their sours. They they always do really Mm. exciting things. I'm here for everything. I don't think I have had a wide street brewing 
beer that I don't like. I think they're all gorgeous. Um, Mm. They're known for their wild and mixed fermentation, and I adore it. So I'm here for it. All of the wide street beers, keep them coming. (laughs) Awesome. I agree with you. I think their beers are are really, really good. All right. And tonight, uh, what I've got, I've got a Guinness. A good old, good old fashioned Guinness in a can. Um, I've got some leftover from Paddy's day, so that was that was me being uh, being well well lazy and uh, actually just enjoying it. It's also super easy. Nothing wrong with a good old Guinness, especially since they brought the widgets back. So now they're you know nice and nitro. I think they only had a temporary shortage. I think it was a temporary shortage. They're they're definitely back. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay, ladies. Well, let's let's get into let's get into branding. Let's get into sexism. Let's get into you know how this affects everybody in 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 the beer land. Um, I want to set the scene a little bit. So, during I think it was this very month actually, during definitely the last few weeks, a couple of controversial things happened on Twitter and on Instagram, and the first one was an Irish brewery. Um, they um. Had, they were releasing, I think, a Paddy's Day box, which those beers actually look kind of cool. But one of our uh, one of our beer ladies members, in fact, Hillary, pointed out that they have still got beers that effectively um, just have boobs all over them, um, and and that started a <laughs> a bit of a Twitter um, debate and things going on. And it wasn't the first time either. It's actually the same um, branding, just reused for different beers uh, that they use, and effectively. It's just tits on a can. And, you know, what we obviously don't like about that is that it's completely objectifying women. But now, again, for context, not a day later, there was a new brand launched in the UK, uh, seemingly with some Asian influences. They launched this bizarre sounding coconut beer for women, which you know, really just caused all sorts of chaos as well, because literally it's right there on the bottle or on the tin, beer for women. Now, these two examples are kind of, they're different from each other, as as I think we can agree. The one is really just objectification and kind of looking at women as only a pair of tits. And the other one is saying that not all beer is for women and that this one is. So, you know, if I had to kind of summarize this before going to Katie for more examples, you know, the 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 brewery here in tried to excuse it, tried to excuse their design, which was these hand drawn uh, boobs, um, saying that it was designed by a woman, and it was designed to celebrate women. Um, both of these, of course, are utter bullshit, um, because as we all know, women, as well as men, have got internalized misogyny, which just means that they don't always see the harm in in what labels and things can do in terms of sexism. Um, and also, you don't celebrate women by celebrating only their tits, and especially not on a milk stout. Come on, get some, get some freaking tact. Um, in the other case, the case um, of the UK brand, the brand new UK brand, which I think to this day only has four followers on Twitter. So that should tell you something. Uh, The problem is a little more subtle. So their excuse for releasing this coconut beer for women is that in many parts of the world, women are stigmatized for drinking beer. So they thought they'd make a beer, you know, in air quotes for women so that they could effectively drink in peace. Now, it seems like a really nice thought, you know, it seems like the right intentions, um, but everybody started questioning why it's for women and, oh gosh, how would we ever know what beer to drink if nobody told us that we could drink beer, you know, <laughs> for women, for men, for, you know, for, for whoever. Um, now, 
they they responded back saying no this is to raise awareness and it's it's obviously for all people and and whatnot but at the same time they made this beer in a rose gold sort of rosy tinted um bottle it's um a smaller amount of beer. I think it's only 330 mil. It'll never go higher. It's low ABV. It's low carb. It's low calorie. So you tell me that this wasn't made for women in, again, in air quotes. Um, Now, the problem is that there is no such thing as beer for women. That, you know, that's the simple fact. There is no such thing. Um, If we wanted to normalize women drinking beer, we should just do that. Normalize it. Make sure that, that, women drink beer in peace by letting them choose whatever fuck beer they want and letting them drink it in peace. If there are cultural stigmas attached in various countries, then there are other things that need to be done. But making a beer for women further divides um, a beer into his and hers. You know, remember there was a time even in Ireland that you couldn't get, a woman couldn't get a beer in a pint glass. And apparently it's still done in some very backward rural towns, which is shameful. But it means that it means that by putting beer for women onto a bottle or onto a can it means that not everything else is for women and that's the part that i personally have a problem with and i think that they've completely missed the mark but you know what these are two cases that have come about recently and we're not here to only discuss those but these are two examples of two very different problems that um, that brands often you know or, very different uh, hot water kettles that brands find themselves in. And I wonder if these two are going to get out of it. But Katie, you've got some other examples of um, of studies and beers that you were looking at, right? Uh, yeah. So um, I, shame on me, I'm drinking man beer. <laughs> and I'm not a man, you know? Oh, no, I'm going, I'm going to burn in hell <laughs> for this or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was looking at studies and uh, I find a lot of beer research. This isn't uh, necessarily, the first one isn't necessarily related to craft beer. It's related to the the adverts on the Super Bowl, the beer adverts. So they would be from, a, you know, they're not craft. They're multinationals. We know who they are, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it is? And uh so they were like, uh, how many of the ads portray men? How many of them the ads have women in them? How are they portrayed? One of the one of the really interesting things, if an ad had a voiceover, it was always male. So the study was conducted between it was um, an impact of women in U.S. Oh, what page am I on? Thirty-four in U.S. Super Bowl beer commercials from two thousand and eleven, two thousand fifteen, and it was done by the Southern Illinois University. Car. Carbondale I don't know where that is okay so uh yeah so of the of the ads that they checked only uh so none of them they were all voiced by men and in the ads um they classified how the men and the women were sexualized or objectified and in um of the 17 ads come with men none of them were uh sexualized or objectified whereas in 16 ads with women uh seven of the ads women were sexualized or objectified in it and i was like why do you do that why don't why aren't men and women equal i know i know and then i was looking at um another study um and this was based on a tap house 
in Philadelphia, I think. And the, there was 500 beer labels available at the International Tap House. They surveyed them. And of the 500 beer labels, 35 of the beer labels portrayed people. OK. Um, and of the 35 labels, 21 referenced women, 13 referenced men and one referenced both. And the study showed that where women were referenced, they were sexualized, whereas men aren't. And they have such lovely names as a happy ending or a pearl necklace mm. or a, there's a blonde beer with a with a blonde on her knees. And it says goes down easy. Uh, so this study um, on the on the tap house with the 500 beer labels, they also what I found was really, really interesting is they also surveyed each of the servers. And it was a mix of genders, male and female. And they were like of the people who buy the beers with the sexualized and on the labels can you tell me a little bit about them or how you interact with them and they found that uh they those people wouldn't take or they didn't like taking advice from women on beer and they would question whether or not the women knew anything about the beer they would whereas if a male uh, server told them the same thing they would listen to the male server so the type of people that buy the beers that sexualize women don't hold women in very high regard it would appear and it's like if you want to market to those mm. people um go ahead but you're you're completely limiting your market you know you're you're cutting out women from your market and yeah. i also there was another study um in croatia and this was done just on regular beer brands um on on the shelves in croatia and it was like what it was male and female respondents. It was 100 respondents from different age categories, different genders. Um, and uh, women are more attracted to. So it was the name of the beer was the number one thing that people went to. But when you drilled down after that, women were were went for information. So maybe about the style of the beer or the ingredients of the beer, whereas men went for for the the, the pictures and the, the 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 colors and things like this. So this wasn't craft. This was just generic um, beers that you find in Croatia on the shelves. And we can we'll link these studies in the show notes so that you can read them yourselves. But I find it interesting, and I find that the fact that no women are doing voiceovers—it's like men don't want to listen to women or for beer anyway for beer ads you know would you find a man it's it's because beer is not for women katie i mean didn't you catch the like the brief <laughs> no that uh, that that is pretty terrifying and i think there is something to be said for um the, maybe it's a correlation, maybe it's causation, probably not causation, but probably the correlation between the kinds of people buying that sort of beer where people are sexualized and objectified. Um, if you if you are literally trying to um, market to those people and, and that's your brand message, then you've got bigger problems than just excluding people from your market. I mean, but that is going to be the obvious, the obvious one. I have a study for that. Excellent. <laughs> I have a study for that. So um, there was a study in, uh, in Sex Roles, the, the, the journal, um, and it's called Does Sex Really Sell? Paradoxical Effects of Sexualization and Advertising on Product Attractiveness and Purchase Intentions. 
Um, and so this was for researchers in Italy and they examined how Italian men and women reacted to sexualized advertising. So I'm going to read sort of the results here. Um, one of which is rather shocking. So women showed lower product attractiveness and purchase intentions towards products presented with sexualized female models, than mm. neutral ads. And this is also supported in fellow beer ladies podcast um, host, Sarah, Sarah's research says the same thing about millennial women in Ireland. Um, men were unaffected by ad sexualization. However, in study three, they tested um, hostile sexism. So what is men, hostile sexism, Christina? Um, how did they define it? I think they defined it basically as having um, objectified or sexist attitudes towards women's like sort of more blatantly. Okay. Uh, I have to, well, I'd, it would take me a minute to like look through the thing and, and say exactly how they said it, but we'll, we'll link all of these. And as we said in the show notes, but basically what they found is they found men with higher hostile sexism showed more purchase intentions after viewing female sexualized ads, than neutral ads. So that would be your consumer group. And I, I really do want to be targeting that kind of people. And moreover, women's lowered consumer responses towards sexualized female ads were due to higher negative emotions. So when women see these, they're having really negative emotions about this. And men either don't really care or the men that do care are not really the kind of people you really want drinking and representing your brand, I would imagine, <laughs> unless you're particularly interested in hostile, sexist yeah. consumers, yeah. which I mean, I wouldn't imagine you would be. And before we kind of get too far away, I just want to mention that I, I want to go through actually a couple of studies, if I, if I may, about why <laughs> objectification is a, is a problem. Mm. You know, we're not, we're not just sitting here and saying, oh, objectification is bad because we don't like it. Which would be a completely reasonable response as well. True. But, but objectification, which dehumanizes women, especially when you see pictures um, with, with just boobs or just female body parts, it's really dehumanizing. It basically removes the idea of female agency within the product, which is why it's different if, say, like a, a female artist paints a picture of herself and it's nude because she still has agency. She is expressing herself and she still owns that versus using parts and pieces or male gazy images of women on advertising. So sexually objectified images of women have been identified by many scholars as encouraging sexual assault. So I have a uh, study here, men's objectifying media consumption, objectification of women and attitudes supportive of violence against women. Um, and this was in the archives of sexual behavior. Um, so basically, these researchers wanted to examine why portrayals that do not feature sexual assault should affect men's attitude, men's attitude supportive of violence against women. Um, so this study proposed that this study proposed that the more men are exposed to objectifying depictions, the more they will think of women as entities that exist for men's sexual gratification, mm. and that this dehumanized perspective on women may then be used to inform attitudes regarding sexual violence against women. So the data were gathered from collegiate men sexually attracted to women, consistent with the expectations associated between associations between men's exposure to objectifying media and attitudes supportive of violence against women were mediated by their notions of women as sex objects, specifically frequency of exposure to men's lifestyle magazines that objectify women, reality TV programs that objectify women, 
and pornography predicted more objectified cognitions about women, which in turn predicted stronger attitudes supportive of violence against women. And this is one of many studies, uh, the role of interpersonal sexual objectification and heterosexual intimate partner violence from perspectives of perceivers and targets. And again, sexual objectification is a subtle manifestations of sex discrimination and violence against women that involves seeing and treating women as sex objects of male sexual desire. And again, the study, which included 165 heterosexual men, demonstrated a link between the general sexual objectification, perpetration, and psychological and intimate, psychological and physical intimate partner violence. Moreover, the relation between men's per- perpetration of objectification and intimate partner violence was mediated by ascriptions of humanity and empathetic concern towards our female partner. Results of both studies demonstrated that the effect of sexual objectification as target or perpetrator on global intimate partner violence and explain the different psychological mechanisms through which it takes place depending on gender perspective. And I have a whole load of these. Honestly, just if you want to be depressed for a day, <laughs> Just Google um, objectification and advertising and links to rape, uh, domestic violence. Um, there's also self-objectification. So when women see sexualized, sexualized objectifying uh, versions of women on in advertising as well, they objectify themselves. Um, this leads to depression, uh, eating disorders, all this other stuff. Honestly, uh, this is incredibly incredibly depressing yeah um and very very prevalent so this isn't um just uh this has this is a representation of a much bigger issue yes and an objectification is dangerous Mm. and and not just in beer but period it is dangerous yeah that's that's what i wanted to say there christina because on the one hand this isn't like hey we don't like this. It makes us feel like shit or whatever the case is. That's, that's while that may or may not be valid and it is, but I mean, while it is, it's got actual ramifications and there are actual studies for it. And it's just, it's not just beer, you know, it's, it's objectification in general. So lack of representation, lack of proper representation of people as full humans rather than just body parts you know just showing just showing a vulva or just showing boobs does not a human make like yeah and there's also attitudes so the eu did a study um of male attitudes towards women and they studied a thousand men in each Mm. country and though the the statistic that i found shocking is that seven percent of male respondents Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In Ireland, think that a woman walking uh, alone at night is fair game. That means 70 people who responded, men who responded of the thousand, thought that was okay. We've just seen that. That's the ones that admitted. Yes, that's the ones that admitted (laughs) to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's assume let's assume the best, and those are the people. The only people who think it are the ones that admitted it. Probably not the case, but I mean that is still that's horrifying. Well, yeah, there's a there's a study here that says sexual objectification increases rape victim blame and decreases perceived suffering. Yeah, like it it's it is across the board harmful. What I what I found interesting um, with with some of the things that you just said there, Christina, was that pe- people. Um, will objectify themselves as well. So, you know, you'll often hear people saying, women saying, oh, well, she was wearing skimpy clothes and therefore she contributed to her own rape or whatever the case is. Now, obviously we know that that is not true and not okay. But what I think is really confusing for a lot of people is that if women say it, surely it must be true. As if as if all women speak for all women. Now, to be fair, we're here, three women on a podcast saying, Oi, listen to us like we, we know a thing or two about marketing, um, you know, marketing in a way that appeals to women or whatever the case is. And, you know, everybody here can sit and say, well, you know, you're just t- now telling us not to listen to all women. But I urge you to think about where it comes from. So a woman who says that that a person who was raped was at some in some or other reason um, at fault for this is not a person who should be listening to about things. A person who says that, ah, sure, it's just a bit of fun, put some tits on a can. They're not really, they're not really people who understand the links between what they're saying and what the ramifications are. So, you know, this is not some like brigade of bra burning, fire wielding, badass feminist people who hate men. No, no, this is, this is concern as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, this is concern for humans humans of, of, of more female sort of variety to be included in society in the respectful way that men are included. That's it. It's not about superiority. It's actually just about equality. You don't see men going through the same things. And what is the correlation again? There is no real advertising or branding in this case um, that objectifies men. 
And and equally, I, before we, we sort of continue on, I want to mention that this process, you know, as an intersectional feminist manifests differently for, for women of color. And I think we really need to understand that this this that there is a there are double intersections here when we're talking of women of color. And I would encourage you to read uh, Karen Cruz writing against uh, food based aesthetics of objectification, the work of Judith Ortiz Kofer. Um, and she considered the ways in which racist and sexist representations permeate cultural imagery, especially how it relates to food. So um, I'll give you an excerpt. The patriarchal cultural tradition, specifically a system of representation that intimately associates women with, with comestibles, is <laughs> a system of practices that frequently figures women metonomically and metaphorically as food. This results in a subsequent fetishization fetishizing that negates women's status as fully human and reduces them to objects. This process of gendered fetishizing becomes even more pronounced when applied to women of color. One, one area that has and continues to make this association is in fact, the advertising industry that makes producing and reproducing identities, strong use of aesthetics of objectification. So we really need to also understand that this objectification manifests differently for women of color, for white women. Um, also, there's also classism to consider here mm -hmm. and not even to mention our um, LGBTQ plus uh, brothers, sisters, and siblings. So we really need to kind of consider all of these sort of avenues when we're talking yeah. about, but specifically today where we know we are focusing on, on uh, sexual objectification of women, but you know, this does represent differently for, for different, different women. On the one hand, right, on the one hand, there is a clear link between um, sexist and misogynistic branding and things like um, rape, sexual assault, and thinking that, that women are fair game <laughs> when they're just walking home. Fuck's sakes, she's just walking home, guys. Okay, anyway, let's not get to Sarah. But on the other hand, there is, there is also an economic thing to this, as in, if you are if you are using sexist branding and you're thinking ah sure whatever my my target market is men, you are fundamentally excluding at least fifty percent of your of your market. And I'm not just saying the market who will be drinking your beer, but who will be buying your beer, because women um, in many countries, um, Ireland is no different, but women in many countries do a lot, if not the the majority, of grocery shopping and. Like, do you guys think that you'd be buying your husband's if you didn't drink beer? But if you were going to be buying your husband's beer um, or your boyfriend's or your girlfriend's, I mean, are you going to be buying beer that that looks neutral and interesting, but descriptive and uh, something that you want to try? Or do you think you're going to buy something that, that puts tits on a can? Because I'll go for the former myself. I think you know yeah. the answer already to that, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and that's just it, is that, you know, if you're, if you're really not going to consider um, the fact that it's bad people <laughs> who hurt women um, and that there's a correlation between objectification and those bad people who hurt women, at least consider the economic value of what you're doing. Um, and the point is also that you don't even have to try and make respectful um, things about women. It's that you just stay away from putting bloody women on tins. Like, could we just stay away from it? Unless there is some really wicked, valid story um, and it's done in a respectful way, like how, how unoriginal must you be to put a red-haired woman on a red ale beer or a blonde-haired woman on a blonde ale? Like, who, like 
fire fire whoever's doing that honestly stick to making beer and let somebody else design the labels and the, and the names because besides being wrong and uh, and and you know and hurtful it's so boring it's so so boring and i'd almost die of boredom before buying any of these beers anyway i just it's yeah it's boring like and there are breweries that do really good jobs of putting women on cans but it's because it's some sort of really important myth um i've seen some really interesting ones about um irish goddesses put on cans but they're not sexualized they're they're looking like strong amazing badass women as they are and i really support that so you absolutely mm. can do it you just have to be smart about it and i just it's just not that hard and i can hear people in my mind going yeah. well christina it's in all advertising why aren't you talking about this in like car ads or why aren't you talking about this in other places <laughs> and i am and that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about it in general. But the thing is, is that the, you know, for example, the Irish craft brewing community is small. Mm. So we might actually be able to make a difference here if we keep talking about it. We might actually get, you know, the people to change here. So that's why we keep talking about it. Whereas I am one of, you know, 7 billion people that yeah. the car industry probably isn't that interested in. But, you know, the the small craft beer community here, we might actually get someone to change because we have had someone change when we've had this conversation in the past. I have seen a brewery, I have talked to them and they have changed. And now they're one of my favorite breweries and I'm absolutely, you know, I love their beer and I think it's wonderful. And also the female demographic is, Mm. is the quickest growing demographic in, in, in beer, like the male, the male demographic for, for beer consumption has remained stagnant, whereas the female demographic is growing. So this is your, your new market. This is your, your new target audience. And you don't want yeah. to alienate them straight off the bat because we remember mm-hmm. things, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's an interesting thing because we don't want to ever be accused of trying to effectively, air quotes again, cancel uh, brands when effectively they, they're, they're often making really nice, tasty beer. What we're really calling for in a lot of cases is a change of the branding. It's not a cancelling. It's not a. It's not taking the brand and making them shut down. That's a different thing. Now, obviously, if if people don't change after a number of times when they've been called out, well, then hey, they've they've lost my business. That's just it. But um, when when people make mistakes and they apologize and they change it and they make an effort, then all is forgiven. That's literally, that's, that's what happens. That's how life works. That's how you treat your friends. So why wouldn't you treat your brewery that way? Come on. Yeah. And there are people out there doing it well. Yes, that's true. There's plenty of other breweries to support. Yeah. There's many other craft breweries to drink from that. I don't need to support you, but you know, personally, I'm not going to buy your beer, you know, until things change. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's um, firstly things can change, so people should be allowed uh, a second chance, whatever the case is. But I think that that does come with a an acknowledgement that some wrong has been done, and you know it kind of brings me around to this idea of like how might you know if you're a brand or a brewery, how might you know if your design is probably not going to hit the mark? So I mean I, I'll put out my first clue. I think the first clue is if a bunch of the lads were sitting around drinking and you all thought it was like really funny, whatever you've called this beer or whatever the label is. Like if you've if you've thought about your college days or whatever the case is where this is almost like 
childish, immature humor that you're using, I'd probably say that's flag number one. Probably check it with some of your other friends when you're sober, like as to whether this is a good idea. Probably step number two is, you know, if if you're putting a woman onto your can, run it by your mother. Like, you know, um, maybe maybe your mom or maybe somebody who's potentially more conservative would have a slightly different view to yours. And don't um, don't look at somebody disagreeing with you as you being attacked. Like people have got different opinions and you're going to need to not only talk to one woman or one person, you're going to have to talk to many, you know, but talk to people that are different from you, people who are more conservative or less conservative, people who are of different races, people who identify differently um, gender-wise, sexually, whatever the case is. Try and find a diverse group of people that you can kind of run things by. If you can't find it, naturally within your circles pay for it that's it pay for it pay for a focus group pay for pay for um for that kind of research or do what most do and stick to something completely neutral you know that's that's the easier cheaper option but if you ask us for your for our opinion we will be nice we will tell you we don't like there this. There is a study or we like called this, The Effect you know? of Gender and Alcohol Placement in the Processing of Sexual Intent. And this is in the Drug and Alcohol Review. So from the abstract, they took 147 sexually experienced male and female participants were, who were shown a brief video of a social interaction between a man and woman um, depicted with a bottle of water or alcohol. Participants were then asked to rate the female target in sexual intent. The study concluded that men inferred greater sexual intent compared to women and the female target when she was depicted with alcohol as compared to water. And thus they found that the association of a woman with alcohol suggesting sexual intent could have potential implications for advertising practice which influences sexual beliefs toward women. And this is one of many studies um, and including that men who have been drinking viewed their female companions as behaving in a more sexual manner um, than the women themselves reported. And these are just, I have, again, we will link all these studies. So you have sort of like a double thing here. So it's not just objectification and branding as, you know, say like a car, you also have this other layer of the role that alcohol plays in these sorts of things. And so that needs to be considered as well. Yeah. So again, it comes back to kind of two things. On the one hand, it's how do you um, brand your beer in such a way that you're not being a complete asshole, you know, not putting tits in a can or not, you know, putting um, sexual innuendo that is not really necessary in a beer um, there. The other side of it is not speaking at women or marketing directly to them as in women don't need pink drinks or women don't need hibiscus in their beer. They don't need for it to be low calorie or light or whatever the case is. You know, you don't, um, in the same way that men can choose how many beers to drink and they can choose a light beer, they can choose a full strength beer, they can choose a belt on quad, or they can choose like a lawnmower beer. They can choose whatever they want. I think that's the other side of it is that if you just, get off your high horse and stop trying to make beer for women or beer for everybody else, as in who is everybody else again? Like um, that's, that's another kind of way to not be an asshole when it comes to this, you know, um, especially when it's things like low calorie or light, as much as, as much as a lot of people would, would love for beer not to be um, as calorie dense as it is, making it lighter is not going to appeal specifically to women. There are also plenty of men who would actually go for that, by the way. And it's the same with 
pink drinks or whatever the case is. So if you stigmatize pink colors or purple colors or whatever the case is to, to women, you're also excluding your male market from buying those beers. So either which way, you're excluding somebody. And the only way to get around that is to be neutral and to not sexualize, to not market at people specifically and to allow everybody. Yeah, to absolutely. Like I, I like um, I've bought many a, a beer that had an awesome pink can design, but not because it was marketed to women. It's because I like hot pink. And so um, I also like yeah. glitter beer. I think it's pretty, but you know, <laughs> so do men like men, men like yeah. pink. Like I really think we need to, you know, as Tandy is saying, like beer doesn't have a gender. And so it's okay to make all of those things, but just don't say, Oh, but it's pink. So it's just for women. Just make a pink beer. And if people like it, then it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and who cares who likes it? You know, we've, we've spoken about this a couple of times before, but it's like, if you're offering beer to people, just ask them what they want instead of saying, Oh, you're a girl. You'd like pink. Yeah. Have a pink beer. Fuck that guys. Like just, let's just, let's just allow everybody the same choice. You almost wouldn't walk up to a man and say, Oh, you have a penis. So therefore you need a Belgian quad. Like you wouldn't do that. That would be, that would be weird. You know, you'd say, Hey, what would you like? So how about we just do the same? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like, let's get away from gender stereotyping. There's absolutely nothing wrong with liking feminine or femininity and or stereotypical feminine things like pink. Um, but yeah. we really need to get away from putting that into a gender pigeonhole because there are lots of women who don't want to be feminine. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there are lots of women who love pink, but also, you know, a million other things. And so, like, let's treat people as complex beings with their own agency who like a variety of things. And just, you know, market beer to, to people who like beer. Yeah, exactly. We're all one big beer drinking community and there's really no need to divide it in, in any kind of way. Right. And it just makes it worse. Like, I, you know, this this UK brand that launched with this beer for women, it, it really kept me up at night because I just thought, how how must you think that this is helping? You know what I mean? Like the intention seemed good, but how does this help? <laughs> like it it would just, it, it doesn't. It just makes it seem as if not everything else is for women. If you want to lose more sleep, there is a, a Reddit, a subreddit, um, or slash unnecessarily gendered. It makes me so angry when I read that, but yeah. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, <laughs> it's similar to that uh, that Reddit that talks about what is it? Men writing women? Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I can I can only sit and laugh at that because I mean, it's just it's oh, it's just ridiculous. So maybe one final thing though, um, because what we were talking about earlier there was you know speaking to other people about your design. Like if you think your design might be on the line between edgy or um, controversial you know and and there are such things as as pushing boundaries and you and you do have creative license and you do have all of these things but you know you kind of have to choose your battles and you kind of have to choose what you value more do you value your right to put tits on a can even though it's annoying boring um and and harmful or do you you know push it out but if you do have a design for instance or a name that you're wondering about it's it's kind of one of those things where again you speak to a lot of different people, um, 
And we've said it before on this podcast, actually, Christina, I think you were on that when we were talking to Kelly and Erica about um, there are women beer societies or there are beer-loving women societies all over the place. There are also beer-loving people on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever. I, I feel like talking to people who are not yourself is not hard. Um, and we all just need to make a better effort. effort of and, and so when you're coming and talking to women about this, which again, mm. like I volunteer myself, you can come and talk to me about this before it comes out. But if you do that, you should have done some research prior to that. So you should say, you know what, I've, I've seen this and I've seen this. I think based on this and this, that it's not that. What do you think? You know, don't expect people in marginalized communities yeah. or people who might be offended to do all the legwork for you because that's just yeah. not their responsibility. Yeah. So you have to come in already having done some research. Katie, have you got anything else there, my friend? Otherwise we're going to start wrapping up. I just echo what, what you two have said already. We don't need tits on a can. We don't need pink drinks. We just need good beer. <laughs> Alrighty. Well then, friends, I think that what we're going to do is start to wrap up. We're going to remind everybody listening at home to please hit us up on social media. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Beer Ladies Pod. We're on Instagram at Beer Ladies Podcast. We're on um, Facebook even, although I don't know who uses Facebook anymore. Wink, wink. (laughs) Katie, (laughs) you're showing your age there, Katie. I know. I'm the oldest one here today. Um, so we're yeah. at beerladiespodcast at gmail.com. Um, and please go and subscribe and share and like and leave a review and all of those good things because that really does help us grow. And I don't think that we're done on this topic, guys, ladies, everyone. No. I don't think we'll ever be done on this topic. Wouldn't it be nice if we were, though? Like, wouldn't yeah. it be nice if we didn't have to talk about this again? That would actually be the win. But um, you know, it's not just in beer. We can we can talk about what we know. But um, it's like um, over at Cheltenham, the 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 great success by yeah, the, the Irish gross. female jockey, and uh, it was on a on a in a sports website, and it was like men's sport, talking about a female jockey, and I'm like, how is that men's sport? That's women's sport, if it's anything, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Or, or here's a radical idea, sport. Just like beer, we don't need, we don't need pronouns before that anyway. <laughs> All right, friends, it was wonderful to chat to you to, uh, today. And thank you, everybody at home, for listening along and watching along. And uh, we hope to see you next week. All righty. Bye, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.